because Jesus hung on a cross for me. And we come on a level playing field, and he hung on a cross for you. And so we're just grateful for Teen Challenge being here because this is the real story of Christmas. And I know you've heard me say this before, but the Christmas story, so many times when it comes to Christmas time, we start telling people about a baby in a manger. And yes, that's how Jesus came, but that's not the story I believe Jesus wants us to tell. See, the whole picture of Christmas is your picture and your story and my story. My story of where I was when he found me, when I really surrendered my life to him, and where you were when you found him, and when you surrendered your life, and each one of you, that's what Christmas is about. And that's why he came. And that's a picture of Christmas. And I believe with all of my heart that that is the story that Christ wants us to tell this season. You can tell about the manger. But tell about your story and tell about his authority and tell about his power and tell people who he is, that they may have an encounter with him. So this morning, as Teen Challenge comes, would you welcome them to the platform? We're glad to have you guys with us. We're glad to share and be a part of your stories. But as they come... I challenge you not just to hear their stories. I challenge you to go back in your mind and into your hearts about where you were and how God set you free and let it refresh and renew you and ask God, God, give me a platform, give me an opportunity to share my story, to share Christmas with someone in darkness, someone in captivity this year. Amen? Amen. We're blessed to have Teen Challenge here with us, and I will turn it over to you guys. We have a lot of us here today. We have Brockton's here, Boston's here. We have women here from Providence. Um, so if I refer to the guys behind me as guys, forgive me. I'm usually always just with guys. But we have sisters in Christ today with us. And in the first service, I just shared, yeah. <laughs> they make us sound a lot better. And um, there's a couple reasons why I love coming out on choir. Um, I shared in the first service, I can't sing, and somehow I got put in charge of choir in Brockton. But, um, but I just love choir, and there's a few reasons. The first service, I shared the first reason, which was, it reminds me every week of how broken I was, and how broken I still am, and how desperate I was, and where I was, and, and I was going to die if something didn't happen, and Jesus pulled me out of that pit. God didn't give up on me. He never turned his, like the song, he never turned his back on me. But the other reason is we get to come out and share a message of hope. You know, I, I stayed, I started drinking when I was like eight years old. And um, I'm 47 now. I've been in Teen Challenge 20 months. So for, for whatever, 38 years, I don't know whether I did that math right. I did it quick. For 38 years, I was stuck. You know, I did what I did and that's how I did life. And the reason I stayed that way is because I had no hope. You know, there was, I had tried to quit. Do it. I didn't really like what I was doing. I didn't even like myself. And, um, but I didn't think I could ever stop. I thought I was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and that's what I will be. I have a brother who died of a heroin overdose. I have a sister who died of a cocaine overdose. And I just thought I was just going to be the next one. And... Um, we get to come out and share that there is hope, that you're not stuck wherever you are. Um, Jesus gives us that hope. I didn't see it when I first, when everything was going on and I was like so desperate. I didn't see that hope, but God took me one step at a time, you know, and whatever you're stuck in, and that's our message that we come out to share today, whatever anybody's stuck in, it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. Ours was drugs and alcohol or, or gambling or whatever is controlling somebody's life. Mine was very visible. Everybody knew I was a drug addict or alcoholic. But whatever you're stuck in, God's the answer. Jesus is the answer. He'll take you where, from where you are and one step at a time. He'll bring you into a place where you have hope where, hey, man, I can do this and I can do it with God's help. And, and left to my own devices, I'm just another drug addict and alcoholic. You know, without God... I'm, I'm a bad person. And um, so that's our message that we try to give today. 
And that's why we, well, that's why I love, and I'm sure everybody up there, that's why they love, because I, I live with these guys. I don't live with the women, but I live with these guys 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I know I talk to them all. Um, we're together all the time. We do everything together, a lot of times too much together. But I know every guy up there loves being out on choir because we get to talk about God. And most of us would have never gotten up here. 21 months ago, you would have never given me a microphone and put me in front of a church because it would have been a scary thing. But, but God, you know, that's the whole thing is but God. But God, I was desperate. But God saved me. I was going to die, but God saved me for a purpose. Whatever that purpose is, I'm not sure yet, but as long as I keep walking with God, he'll reveal it a little bit at a time, and um, we're just happy. Teen Challenge, how many people know about Teen Challenge? I know we've been here, coming here a long time, and I want to pa- um, thank Pastor Selwyn and you guys for being such great Teen, teen Challenge supporters. Teen Challenge was started in 1958 by a pastor named David Wilkerson. And he, was, he gave up watching TV to, to pray two hours a night instead of, you know, we watch a movie or whatever we watch. He gave up the Tonight Show for two hours a night and prayed. And after about three weeks of praying, he felt like the Holy Spirit was leading him to read an article in a Time and Life magazine about some gang members who had killed a paraplegic teenager for his sneakers. And he felt like he's supposed to go and, and share the gospel with those seven gang members. And with just the prompting from the Holy Spirit, um, he went to New York City and tried to share the gospel with them. He got thrown out of the courtroom. But while he was there, he, he found the love for the homeless, the gang members, the kids that live in the street in New York, and opened up the first Teen Challenge in Brooklyn. And from there, there's over 250 Teen Challenges in America, over 1,100 worldwide. So, like I shared in the first service, a lot of times you don't think that one person can make a difference. Like, what can I do? I'm just one, one person in a billions of people. But just the ripple effect of his decision to follow the Holy Spirit is still being felt today because we're here singing and sharing the gospel. So just, we're going to have a good time today. We'll hang out with you. We're going to share our stories about what God has done in our lives and where he's brought us from. We're not up here making excuses of why we did what we did, or I'm not here to make an excuse of why I did what I did. We're just here to share the message of hope. And thank you, and um, we're going to sing now.
by the voice of my shame and regret. But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. I am lifestyle and the cool kids wanted to be my friends so um, I started drinking and trying drugs and um, that lifestyle just kind of took off for me you know that's where I found my worth that's where I found acceptance that's where I found love so called and um, with that growing up as a Christian you know and, and walking with the Lord I knew that I was living in sin and it caused me to have a lot of depression and I was just riddled with anxiety. I had to take handfuls of pills to function through a day. Um, you know, so my life consisted of um, getting up in the morning hungover, going to work, muddling through the day, itching to get out of work to take another drink or to get another pill. Um, and that is how I lived for quite a long time. It was a Tuesday morning. I had called out of work to stay home and, and get drunk. And my mom showed up at my house, and she had to clear a path through my living room to reach me blacked out on my couch. And she didn't say a word to me. She just started praying over me. And that day I checked into detox and... In between detox and teen challenge, I had two days, and I spent those two days cleaning out my home, saying goodbye to my friends and my family, um, cleaning out my car, giving all that up, and that was the easiest thing that I've ever done, and that is only the grace of God. He knew exactly where I needed to be, and he made it possible for me to get here. And since I've been here, the Lord has just done an amazing work in me, in my heart, in my mind. He's just slowly taking characteristics of Christina and replacing them with 
characteristics of Christ. And I'm so honored. I'm so honored that he would do that for me. And he's just changing negative mindsets, um, giving me joy. Since I've been in Teen Challenge, I've not craved a cigarette, a drug, alcohol. I've not had a panic attack, which is huge for me. I'm, like, waiting for it like it's creeping up somewhere. But <laughs> I've yet to have one. So, And that's, that's my Lord and Savior. Um, since I've been in Teen Challenge, he's also restored my family to me. Um, he's restored my family to him as well. Since being here, my father has been set on fire for the Lord, and my mom's been praying for him for 30 years. So it's, it's amazing. You know, they're doing devotionals together. They're going through the Teen Challenge curriculum with me so that um, they can be a part of this. When I first came into the program, the Lord gave me a scripture, and any time that I need to be reminded where I came from, I just read the scripture and I meditate on it. And it's Psalms 116, verse 8 and 9. For you, O Lord, have saved my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And I look back now, and the life that I lived, I was dead. I was dead in sin. And, and now I'm alive, and I'm alive in Christ, and it's the only place that I want to be. So thank you. morning, church. Almost good afternoon. A little less than three minutes. Um, my name is Kevin. I'm 35 years old. I'm with Teen Challenge Boston. Um, going on eight months of being back in Teen Challenge Boston, and I say being back because I'm a, I'm a restoration student there. Um, I actually, just over a week ago, recommenced the program, and I'm back to being a, a staff intern, and, and I, I share with with Caleb, the, the choir ministry, and um, it's just such a blessing to see that God is, is, he's a God of restoration, a God of reconciliation. He's brought me just in a full circle right back to where he had me when I decided to, to pick up some, some things of old and go back to my old ways for a little while, but he's been faithful. He's never left me nor forsaken me, and it's just, it's amazing, you know, to, to really even begin to think of what God is doing in my life. I grew up in a, in a very dysfunctional home with an alcoholic father and an, an autistic brother and a mother who just loved us so much, but at the same time, she didn't know how to deal with all that was going on in that home. She was just trying to be the one to hold everything together. You know, there was a lot of emotional and physical abuse in that household, and I was trying so hard to... to have a relationship with my dad, to, to be loved by my dad, to be accepted by my dad. And a lot of that was being mean to my brother and my mom, and, and my dad would praise me for that. But I just wanted to be so close to him, you know. And, and he made a promise to me one day that he was, he was leaving my mother and he was going to take me with him. And he left, but he didn't take me with him, you know. And that just magnified the feelings of being hopeless and worthless and useless and there was no point for me to even, even live, you know. I didn't understand what was going on. And I, and I, I, I found drugs and alcohol and unhealthy relationships and materialistic things. And I just sought out whatever could make me feel better, whatever could hide that pain, whatever could fill the void that I had in my heart. And I, I, I just... I was just so against any authority figures in school. I could not focus. I was so angry with any teachers because I looked at every person in my life, every authority figure, as my dad. Every relationship was that relationship. It was going to end that way. That was my expectation that I put on everything and everyone. And that life continued through my teen years. It led into my 20s. You know, I, I came to know the, the court system and the jail system and I got married in my mid-twenties, had a, a son who's nine today, and I haven't been able to see him since he was eight months old, but I, I chose to, to, to feed my flesh. I chose my addiction over that family, you know, and, and since then, God has blessed me with a, with a brand new family. God has blessed me today with a fiance and, and two young children that are in my life. He's blessed me to come back to Teen Challenge. He's blessed me to be able to wake up this morning and not get high, to not have a cigarette, to not be in an unhealthy relationship. 
He's blessed me to not have to lean on my feelings, my emotions, my situations, and my circumstances, to not have them move me, but have him move me. You know, and I've been back for, like I said, almost eight months, and I mean, how many of us know that just God's ways are just not our ways, that his thoughts are so much above our thoughts? You know, and I was, I was back a few months, and Pastor Jonathan, who was our executive director in Boston, he brought my fiance Ashley up for a meeting. You know, the expectation of that meeting was that we were going to just touch base. He wanted to see where I was at, where she was at, and, you know, and just to get a observe what was going on, to see how he could help us, to counsel us, to begin to help lead us towards having God at the head of our family, which was our goal and is our goal today. And that meeting, just God just turned that whole meeting around. She began to cry. She was struggling. You know, and I had no idea what was, what was going on being back at Teen Challenge, and she was home with the kids. And she, she expressed her struggles and her fears and her, her anxieties that her and the kids were about to be thrown out on the street, and the kids were about to be maybe taken by the state. And, and we made a phone call that day. The first phone call was to a family that has helped us tremendously over the years, and they agreed to take our son Isaiah, our four-year-old. And then we called another family from Pastor Jonathan's office, and they said they will take your son Jordan. And then we made a third call to Teen Challenge Providence, and they said we'll take Ashley. And within 10 minutes, God took what we couldn't even begin to know how to fix, and he just did his thing. He took two families willing to sacrifice their lives to take care of our children. And, and to make a way for Ashley to go to Teen Challenge Providence, to make a way to keep me in Teen Challenge Boston. You know, would you know that after, in the past two months, that she's been growing in the Lord, that I've been growing in the Lord, that those kids have been provided for? And would you know that today, after this service, I'm going to see my kids for the first time since I've been here in Teen Challenge Boston. You know, and it's only, it's only because of God's grace. It's only because of God. And I have to constantly remind myself of that. I love the choir ministry because you constantly are reminded of who you really are and who God really is. And that I need to lean on God in everything that I do. And I'm just so amazed at the work that he's doing in my life. And I just desire just to continue to grow in the Lord, to learn how to really commit my life to the Lord, the point of, of sacrificing my own to become a godly husband and a godly father to those children as my heavenly father has been a father to me and to be able to really really stand in front of you and say that as for me and my house we will serve the Lord Amen. thank you so much for letting me share with you today and the scripture that I'll leave you with today is, is a familiar one especially for Teen Challenge. It's Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And the word of God says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. Thank you and God bless. Hello, church. If you don't remember, I've been here many years now, so thanks for having us back. I'm going to ask you guys to all take out your prayer cards if you can. And if you haven't received one, some of the girls are going to come out and um, give you a card. Um, one thing that we're really trying as a ministry of Teen Challenge is try to change the view. Unfortunately, like along the way, I think something got lost. Um, so many people, I feel like, it was sad that people didn't want to fill out the cards, and I felt like it was, they're just trying to think that we're just going to bother them for money or things like that, that that's all Teen Challenge was about. When we come here, it's for money or where it was phone call. Praise God. If you feel drawn to support our ministry, we thank you. If you're able to, when we call, we thank you. But that's not what we're about. God provides, and he makes a way, and he puts that on your heart if you're able, but it's so much more than that. We're a ministry of prayer. Amen. Can you guys raise your hands if you've been in the ministry less than a year? Do you realize those are the people that you prayed for last year when we were here? Last Christmas when I stood on the stage, they were still dying. Did you get that? Do you realize you prayed them out of the pit of hell? 
that's powerful. There's a power in prayer that we cannot comprehend. It's so above us. God doesn't explain in his word because he doesn't have to. He just calls us to talk to him and to pray and to believe. And so we want to pray for you. Amen? And you guys are going to be willing to pray for us, right? You're going to make the commitment to pray. That's what that is. It's a commitment to be willing to pray. If it's more than that, that's awesome. But we want to pray for you. So if you'd be willing during this time to fill out real prayers. I don't want to, it breaks my heart when I get a card that says, I pray for the world to be saved. Yes, we want that. But that's not you trusting us that you're, we're actually going to pray. You're raising up prayer warriors. You understand you're teaching them how to see beyond themselves and to believe for the kingdom of God to move in your church specifically. To believe to get, I want phone calls from this pastor telling us what God's doing in your church. Amen? So I'm going to read a scripture while you guys fill out your cards. A lot of you guys know the main scripture that we stand on in ministry is 2 Corinthians 5.17, but I want to start in verse 14. And while I'm reading this, if you guys can please fill out your cards. Thank you. I just pray for the Holy Spirit. Just lead them for what they're believing us for us to pray for, God. Let it be from their heart where they've lost hope, God. Thank you, Lord. For Christ's love compels us Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. But to live for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer. Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old is gone and the new has come and all of this is from God who is reconciling us to himself through Christ Jesus amen and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them but he has committed to us the message of reconciliation and we are therefore Christ's ambassadors As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen? That's what Christmas is really about, right? And that's what our ministry is. It's not a recovery program. Praise God, we know that we're a mess without Jesus. That's all really is the difference. We know that we literally can't live like an okay life. We can't be Sunday morning Christians. Our life is about him. And so I'm going to have the girls come forward and collect the cards. And if you're not finished with the cards, you guys can put them in the offering. And as the girls come forward, I'm just going to pray for your church, for the people out there right now. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for every single prayer that was entrusted to us. God, put it heavy on our hearts to intercede and believe for this church, to believe for you, raise up more leaders in this church, to be set apart, God and to minister to this community, to make an impact on Quincy, God. And that we lift up their family members that don't know you, Lord, and their family members that might be addicted or hurting or broken. We're believing for you to move, God, so make a way and increase their faith, renew their hope, renew their joy, God. We lift up all the people out there right now that don't know you, that are broken. Maybe they slept in their car last night. Maybe they slept under a bridge. Maybe they might not want to live today, but we're believing for you to move, God, so don't let them die in their sin like you saved us, how your grace was so prevalent in our life, and we ask you to move, God. We thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that we receive out of believing and expecting your your Holy Spirit to do, do the awesome work that you do. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen.
the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall see sweet hymns of praise and joyous chorus state and I was placed in foster care and I grew up in state facilities which none of them were really any better than where I had just been taken from so around 13 I decided to do it on my own and I ran away and I hit the streets and I never looked back and um, I had been so withdrawn and numb to life that it was very easy for me to adapt to the demands of surviving on the streets there was nothing that I wouldn't do I wasn't going back to where I had just come from um, by the time I was 19, I was homeless and pregnant with a baby I didn't want. I ended up giving him up for adoption. Drugs and alcohol and men were more important to me than my child was. And right after I gave him up for adoption, I made a decision one night and I got myself in a situation where I ended up going to prison for 25 years. And I didn't learn my lesson while I was there. After 12 years, when they let me out, I continued to do drugs and run the streets and just do whatever I wanted. So my life was in and out of jail. Um, I just was so broken and bound in depression and failure. And I ended up a year ago today, I was in a prison cell in isolation because they didn't even trust me to be with the other prisoners. Um, I was in the dark, heavily medicated. I had no desire for a changed life. I had no hope. I had no peace. It just didn't matter. But God is faithful, and he had another plan for me because for some reason, the door opened up, and I was told to go upstairs into population, see how I, could, I would do. So I went up, and that night, a teen challenge class was called. And I hadn't seen my friends in a while, so I went to the class so I could see them. And in the class, 
I was actually clowning around in the back of the room, and Pastor Tabitha told me to move to the front so I could pay attention. And um, I did that, and I went and listened, and the more I went every week, the more I heard about Jesus. I didn't know God growing up. I didn't know Jesus at all. And I heard about this man, Jesus, and how he loved me, and I just didn't think it was for me, not after everything I had done to myself and to other people. And I just went and I listened, and I got to the point where I believed that she believed, and I put in an application to go to Teen Challenge, and I asked the parole board to let me out once again after they had given me numerous chances and had like written me off, so I really wasn't confident that would happen. But uh, a couple months later, I got an answer from both places. Yes, I could go without a penny in my pocket. And yes, you can get out one more time. So I got picked up by the pastor in June of this year, and she brought me to Teen Challenge. And when I walked in, I got hugs from people. I had no idea who they were. They told me they loved me. I was like, you don't even know me. How can you say you love me? I had nothing but the clothes on my back, and I had everything that I needed laying on my bed waiting for me when I went upstairs. There was absolutely, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't share. I didn't cry. I would not have gotten up on the stage and been talking to you back then. <laughs> absolutely not. But over the, the months that I've been there, God has changed me. He. Um, the more I've let Jesus in, the more those lies that I learned all my life have been taken away from me. And I have a relationship with Jesus now. And he doesn't change, like we just sang earlier. His love doesn't change. And I could tell these people in this program were telling me over and over, we love you. Jesus loves you. And I see now that what they were showing me was a reflection of Jesus Christ because they didn't change, even though I reacted to them badly. They just kept loving me. And today, I am totally drug-free, psychiatric meds. That child I gave up for adoption all those years ago is going to be 27 tomorrow, and we have phone contact. He wants to be in my life. It is, it is my hope through the, the time that I'm at Teen Challenge that I can be raised up to be something of worth, which I've never had my whole life. It's beginning. I work in the kitchen. I'm on my feet from the minute they hit the floor. And it's rewarding. I love it. I love being thanked and, you know, for the food that I prepare. And I'm just, like, really proud of myself. I've never really congratulated myself, but I'm proud of myself. And the one verse that I read over and over was 1 Peter 2.10. For you once had no identity as a people, but now you have identity in Christ. You once had no mercy, but now you have God's mercy. Amen.
Uh, for the sake of time, I've uh, been asked here to uh, give a brief testimony about myself and, and uh, tell you how we could partnership together today. Uh, my name is Angel Melendez. I'm from Western Massachusetts, uh, from Chicopee. And, uh, you know, my story is like everybody else's here. I, uh, I, my addiction started my freshman year in college, and uh, I got introduced to Percocet painkillers. So what I started to do was incorporate that with my studies. And uh, maybe my senior year, I was dropping those C's, uh, sniffing the occasional line of, uh, of heroin. And so I remember my graduation day, I remember being completely high, uh, had a good GPA, had a job lined up, uh, and, uh, and I, went to, I, moved to, I moved to Boston for a year, transferred from Boston back to my hometown, and worked for a CPA firm there for the past five years. Uh, halfway through that, I started sniffing and shooting heroin. So you see me now, as, as you see me right now, I was basically you know, rolling up, you know, shirt and tire, rolling up, booting heroin, preparing tax returns all day. The more and more responsibility I got, the more and more and deeper I, I, I ran to, to, to my addiction. It all came to a head. Uh, about this time last year, I had to uh, completely surrender my life. That, for me, that was my first step. I had to just surrendered, knowing that I couldn't do anything in my own power to change. Uh, so I called Teen Challenge, and, and that's one of the neat things about Teen Challenge is when you call, I remember going to detoxes before that, and the first thing when you call a secular program is they ask you what type of health insurance do you carry. Um, basically, can you pay for it? Can you afford it? Uh, when you call Teen Challenge, one of our first questions we ask you is, where are you? Are you safe? What can we do to help you, bring you here? And give you a Bible, develop biblical principles, and, and develop that relationship, that rock. Because when I leave here, I know I'm taking something with me. And that's what Jesus gave me. And it's a rock. It's, it's, I'm, I know the storms are going to come. This is a lifelong process. I know... There's going to be temptations. I know there's going to be evil out there. But what Teen Challenge did for me, personally, is develop the skills of prayer, of, of seeking him every day so I could overcome. And we have uh, a program today. Uh, it's uh, basically for a dollar a day. Uh, it's called a student sponsorship program. There's a couple guys that will be in the back. And uh, if you want to discuss more about it, we'd be more than happy to discuss uh, what you guys can do to partnership, partnership with us. First, first and foremost, as April said, is, is, is a power of prayer. That, that goes without saying. Um, but to keep our doors open, it's God working through you guys, partnering up with churches like your are a wonderful pastor here, and um, having us the ability to come here and, and, and share what God is doing in our lives through testimony and through song. Um, so... If, uh, if you guys are interested afterwards, talk to any of us. Uh, the scripture I stand on is John 14, 14. It's very simple. Uh, it's, it's, you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I, I picked that one because I, I keep it, today I keep it simple. Today I keep it to seek him. You know, uh, I tend to complicate things on my own. I've done that all my life. Now I just want to keep it simple. Uh, so I, I thank you guys uh, for your time today. Uh, I guess I'm going to leave it to the pastor, and we're going to sing one more song. And uh, really, we're very grateful to be here today. Thank you so much.
Teen Challenge has been coming here. Alvin's been coming to this church longer than I have. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, but you know what, though? It's, it's such a blessing to, to just be a part of this ministry, to support this ministry. Uh, last week, I told you we're going to be doing a second offering this morning. And so when I ask our ushers to come and prepare themselves, you know, we're blessed. Again, we have the Boston House coming and worshiping with us um, at least once a month. And, uh, and we have people here, I have Mike on the front row, um, and others who have been through Teen Challenge that we've been blessed by. Uh, and these folks don't just come and sit in a pew. When they come, um, they're on fire. You know, it's hard to hold these guys back. And so we are grateful to Teen Challenge. But more importantly, we're grateful to God to see him use a ministry like this to transform and change lives because that's exactly what he does in a ministry like this. And so we want to support them. Um, I know uh, we've been getting some phone calls and they've been letting us know that the, the, the Boston House location on 11 Newcomb Street, um, they've been seeking approval to actually house people there overnight. They've been using the facilities but not allowing people to sleep overnight. Well, they recently got approval. And so um, I know that they're trying to put bunks and pillows and sheets and those kinds of things into that Boston House. And I know um, at least some of this money will go towards that. But before we actually take this offering, would you bow your heads? Uh, and would you ask God what he'd have you give this morning? Um, that, that your finances, again, we're not just giving money. We're, we're basically giving support that, that, that God will change, basically change and transform lives, um, as you've heard this morning. Well, Jesus, we just come before you this morning, and we just thank you, Lord God, for your hand for your love, Lord God, and just how you've moved so, so mightily in the li- lives, not just of the, the folks who stand behind me, but those who sit in these pews, Lord God. And it's our desire, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to transform lives and that you continue to use Team Challenge to do that. And we just pray now, Lord God, that you would speak to us and speak to each one of us and show us how much you'd have us give, Lord God, that we can support this ministry, that they can continue to do what you've called them to do. Take this money now, we pray, and we pray, Lord God, that you would multiply it in the form of lives, Lord God. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to sing another song for us as the ushers take up the offering.
Aren't you glad that your God is greater than any addiction? And aren't you glad that your God is greater than any bondage, greater than any anxiety, greater than any jail sentence? Our God is for us. And if our God is for us, then what could possibly be against us? Isaiah 42 says this, A bruised reed I will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. I want to thank you guys for coming. I want to thank you for sharing your stories with us. And I want you to know that your stories are our stories as well. Your stories take us back to a place where we were. And I want to encourage you, all right? Some of you guys have been on this for a little while and some not so long. But he is faithful. And as you know, those storms do come. You hold on to that rock. And you remember those hard times. And you remember who he is. And you remember that. Because when you walk out, Satan's going to try. But our God is greater. Be strong. And get into a church that loves God. Amen? Guys, I want to pray. Can we pray for Teen Challenge? And then we're going to have them pray for us. But can you stretch out your hands towards them? And let's just pray over these wonderful people. Lord God, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for every life that is on this platform. Lord God, from the time that they were born, you have known them and you have had a plan for them. And Lord God, despite what all the enemy did and everything that they've thrown, that he's thrown against them, Lord God, Lord God, you are greater. And Lord God, you are more powerful, Lord God. And your faithfulness has, has pulled them out, Lord God, out of the grave, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you are doing in each life here. And God, we thank you for the stories, Lord God, that have been told. And we thank you for the stories that are going to be told of your power, of your authority, of your faithfulness. And we pray over each person here that you would continue to pour into them to give them fresh revelation of who you are, fresh encounters with who you are every single day, that you would strengthen them, Lord God, and walk with them, Lord Jesus, and that your presence, Lord God, would flow out of the core of who they are into the lives of other people that they come into contact with, Lord God. Use them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Glad times you may be seated because I want to talk to you for a couple minutes. You know, I know that there are all kinds of stories here as well. And I know that there are people in this place who may have come here this morning. Maybe you do not know Jesus Christ. You don't know of the victory. You can hear the victorious stories that have come forth. But maybe you identify more of the struggles that you've heard than you do with the victory that you've heard. And as I read this morning, before they even came up, how God loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him, they stand on this platform because they believe in who he is and he has transformed their lives. And it's not just for them, but it's for you as well. And if you're in this place this morning, I want to tell you that you're not here by accident, that you're here because the same God that loves them, the same God that loves us, loves you so much. He wanted you here this morning to hear their stories because it's not really their story, it's his story. And what he has done in the lives of myself and so many other people here, he wants to do for you as well. And so if you're here this morning and you go, man, I can't identify with this love. I can't identify with this victory, but I sure can identify with the struggle. I can sure identify with the weight. I can sure identify with the shame and the burden. And you desperately, more than anything, maybe you found yourself just crying through the service. I want you to know God is telling you this morning that this is for you as well. And that your story can start right now, today. You don't have to walk out of here the way you came into this place. You don't have to walk out of here with the same shame or the same worries or the same anxiety or the same addiction. That If you just come to him and truly surrender your life, say, Lord God, I've tried this. I've worked so hard. Some of you have worn yourselves out trying to fix yourself. And I hate to tell you this, but you can't do it but only he can. And if you'll truly let go and surrender yourself and admit, God, I can't do this. Would you help me? Would you do it for me? He will. He will come alongside of you and he will do everything in your life that you don't have the strength to do. And there's some of you here who've been coming here for a while, but you haven't truly surrendered. 
You come and you go, oh God, I want to grab onto God right now to help me. But then all of a sudden you let go of God and you run back to your problems as if you have the power to fix them. And you realize you don't. You run back to God, oh God, help me again. And you leave God alone and you run back. I want to tell you, as long as you keep doing that, as long as you think you can fix your problems, God's going to let you go at it because you don't know who he is yet. And I want to tell you that the quicker you let go and the quicker you surrender your life, the quicker he will come in and he will pick up every piece that you don't have the power or the strength to do. He wants you to know that he died for you. Would you truly surrender to him? I'm going to pray this morning. And then we're going to open up these altars. And if you need prayer, we're going to have Teen Challenge guys and gals pray for you. They're not God, and neither am I. We're just going to join together and point to Christ and say, would you come and let Christ come in? I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want to tell you, there's nothing magical about this prayer. You can say these words, and you can pray this, and if you don't mean it with your heart, it means nothing. But as I pray this, if this is what you want for your life, and if you pray it with your heart and say, God, I want to turn everything over to you. I want to ask you to forgive me and to wash me. Would you take control of my life? If you want that, you don't even have to repeat the words. Just say, Lord, I want what he's saying. I want that for me. I'm agreeing with him. If you'll pray that, I tell you, he'll come into your life. He'll strengthen you and he'll help you. So I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you pray this prayer, would you come up and tell one of us afterwards so we can walk with you? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Well, Jesus Christ, I believe and know that you are the Son of God. That you were born as a baby into this world and for 33 years you lived a sinless life. And you were born with one reason on your mind, one purpose, and that was to take all of my sin and all of my dirt, all of my shame, all of my pain, everything that I spent a lifetime trying to cover up that nobody would know or hear about, Lord, that you came, that you would take all of that stuff upon your shoulders, all of my sin, the sin, Lord God, that that leads me to death. Lord, I recognize that I deserve to die for my sins. But I also recognize that you went to a cross on my behalf and you took my sins and my shame and you conquered them there I thank you Lord Jesus that you didn't just die on that cross and stay dead but three days you rose again and you defeated Satan and you defeated death and you defeated the grave and you defeated my sin Lord Jesus and I believe that you are on the right hand of the Father interceding for me And so, Lord Jesus, I ask, Lord God, this morning that you would now forgive me. Would you take that burden? Would you take that weight? Would you take that guilt? Would you take all of that dirt and all of my sin and all of my shame? Lord Jesus, would you take that upon your shoulders? And I pray, Father, through your shed blood on that cross, that you would now wash me and cleanse me and forgive me and make me whole. And I ask, Lord God, that you would come into my life and that you would take control of my life. Lord Jesus, I I give you my life as a gift, Lord God, that it would be yours to use as you please, that your will would be now lived out in my life, that my life would bring you glory. Have your way in my life, I pray. I surrender it to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to open up these altars. If you need prayer for anything, all right, if you are sick and you want to be prayed for, If you have a family situation you want to be prayed for, it doesn't have to look like anything. If you want prayer, please do not leave this place before we pray for you. And if you're here, you go, I want to talk to that guy or that gal because what they said, I feel like they know me. Come up and talk. Amen? We love you guys. God bless. If you need to leave now, we ask you to leave quietly. These altars are open.